welcome to yet another episode of Pitch Invasion. Once again, we'll be looking back and forward to some of the leading topics in world football, including the NetBank Cup, including some Premier League football, and of course, the UEFA Champions League, the round of 16, has started, and a lot of games to look forward to as well. Before we start, let me... Introduce myself, I'm Loazi Zikubu. I'm Kola Makwaza, and you'll be happy to know that we don't have a Mika for the first part of the show, so <laughs> you can just clear your ears of all this Liverpool talk before we even get to the real stuff. Which is really good, because with Liverpool coming up in their Champions League encounter, you do not want to hear anything about Liverpool from Mika, but you'll be joining us. The strange thing is that Liverpool fans have this belief that, oh no, Bayern are not the same as the Bayern of old, as if like Lewandowski just, you know, disappeared, Robin disappeared, yeah, yeah. you know, Manuel Neuer doesn't exist. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. We'll, 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 I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get some thoughts from Emika once he does join us a little later on the show. But we're going to start by going straight into the Nepen Cup. And uh, this past weekend has been all about the Nepen Cup. And as far as the teams that have made it through to the quarterfinals, we see a lot of the top quality, top sides in, in, in local football making it through, including Kaiser Chiefs, who, it has to be said, weren't extremely impressive uh, in, in, in finding a way through to the quarterfinals. Some fans all I will say, Listen, we're through to the last eight. It doesn't matter. Others will be like, and others, I include myself in that. Listen, it, there's, it does not seem as if Chiefs, in terms of their, their, their ideology, in terms of how they want to play, in terms of what they want to achieve, we're not seeing anything on the pitch at the moment. It's a strange one with Chiefs because, you know, like you just said, they are getting the results, but mm. they're not satisfactory results. Yeah. And I'm starting to now wonder, how long can this go on for? You know, because at some point, you will meet, well, I guess they'll have to see their fate uh, yeah. down the road, but they are likely to meet a tougher contender who will take the chances mm. that um, uh, the Magic missed over the weekend because yeah. she could have also found themselves down a few times. But I think, you know, as a, as a Chiefs core, whether you're the coach and the players, you know, you do look at the light at the end of the tunnel and say, look, we're through to the next round and it is the only cup that Chiefs are playing for. Yeah. So I think they've really put all their eggs in that basket and I must say, I, I was impressed with a few things in that game that, you know... From Chiefs? From Chiefs, is that, you know, I, when you're a bigger team playing a small opponent, you still have to show your class right through. And even though their goals came in extra time, mm. the score was 3-0. Yeah. You know, and their class came through eventually. Their big players was, came was, out and played. Do you not think it was it was a, just a conditioning thing? By the time... Because, I mean, I, I was watching the game. By the time it was the 75th minute, the Magic FC, the, their players were just like, yeah, listen, let's hold on for for, for, for penalties. They were they were done. They were I think it, it, it could have been a, a rope-a-dope situation that the Magic were also trying to play in the sense mm. that, you know what, let's hold Chiefs, let's close them down, and let's take them to penalties. But... You know, going back to the point that I just made is that, you know, that class eventually came out from Chiefs. And, you know, th that's the one thing that maybe the lower tier sides in terms of uh, the, the fitness and the fatigue factor, mm. uh, the advantage that the bigger teams like the PSL teams have is that because they play more games, they are more durable. So yeah. these situations, you know, they aren't too unfamiliar for them. And... I think probably the Magic's mindset coming in was to go to penalties. Mm. And if you're Chiefs, you don't want that. Yeah, no, you don't at all. And uh, uh, the word is the, the the goalkeeper, the Magic goalkeeper is really good at penalties. Uh, so perhaps mm. that's exactly what they, they wanted to achieve. But as you put it, you know, they are through to the quarterfinals. But again, you mentioned stronger teams that they might come up against. You see that the other quarterfinalists, a lot of them, perhaps uh, with the exception of TS Galaxy, are Premier League uh, opposition. And even after the Vitz uh, Black Leopards game, there'll still be a Premier League uh, opposition to look out for in the quarterfinals. 
if I'm looking at the teams that are remaining and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm Cape Town, if I'm Cape Town City, uh, based on just how they've performed, I'm thinking, as Benny, you, you know what? I could actually win this. This is another chance for yeah. Benny. And I mean, look, I, I think the Vits, um Black Leopards game, which is going to be played today, um, the outcome of that will be decided later. And mm. I think possibly between those three teams, right? You're pos- if they avoid each other, yeah. those are the three teams that are likely to win it. And if you're Benny, you're thinking out of those three teams, I'm the team that's just come from a cup final, yeah. you know, uh, um, out of all of them. Mm. So Bang I've on got form. The, I'm on form. Yeah. I've got the experience. I finally have a fit squad. Yeah. And, you know, why not? Cape Town City also don't have a, any other major cup to play for. That's true. So it's all to play for. And before we move on from the Netbank Cup, I, I feel it's very important to touch, to touch rather, on Chipper United and the upturn in, in, in fortune since Clinton Larson took over. You're looking at the uh, you look at the players, the senior players who are stepping up and really um, are making things happen. They've climbed up to what 13th on the league, I think. Yeah, somewhere uh, there. On, on a five-game winning yeah. or five-game unbeaten streak, won four of them, uh, drawn the one. Clearly, there's something good that Clinton Larson has done there. You know what the thing is with Clinton Larson? It's exactly the same thing that Manchester United are having with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Uh, obviously, uh, their respective um, forms in terms of where they are in the league. Yeah. I mean, Chippa were right there at the basement and Man United were challenging for top four and now in the fourth spot. And I think, you know, the, the owner of Chippa now has to make a decision in terms of what does he want the outlook of his team to be going forward? Because stability is what, you know, every um, club wants uh, in the long term, in the bigger picture. I mean, one problem I have with South African football is there is a lack of stability. I mean, does a coach in the PSL stay longer than two seasons? Mm-hmm. Apart from apart from Kevin Hunt that I can mm-hmm. think of. Is there any coach that stays beyond two seasons so in the club? At the moment, it's probably what Gavin Bito... Kevin Pizzo. And a lot of that has probably got to do with the success they've had. Exactly, because of the success they've had. And I think that's a bad trend that we've set in South African football. That's why you see people like Mushin Etrigal uh, has probably, you know, I live in South Africa and I'm a South African and I've never been to nine provinces, (laughs) but he's had a job (laughs) to all the nine provinces possibly in our country. Do you know what I mean? So that sets a bad precedent and a bad sort of outlook on our football that our coaches can only stay a year and a half, some of them two games, Chippa <laughs> will tell you. So I think it's very important that Chippa just back Clinton Lost and say, look, um, you, 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 Chippa are not title contenders, right? They're not. But for them to be or to push for a, Afri- a place in Africa, stability is needed. So hopefully he can put on a run where, you know, um, the chipper uh, owner just says, okay, look, uh, here's a contract for three years. Here's what we're looking for, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And I want you to take our club to this position. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you look at Eastern Cape football. Chipper is the only team yeah. in the Eastern Cape region. So, I mean, there's a hunger for uh, football in that region yeah. to develop and to grow. And Chipper United are the flagship team of that region. So, when you're chopping and changing coaches... You know, and you, you're not creating stability yourselves. How is that going to help that region in terms of football and development? So I mm. think Chipa actually have a bigger responsibility than they think outside of just being in the PSL yeah. in terms of carrying a region of football. Like you see now in Pulukwane. Pulukwane now is becoming a hotbed yeah. of football. You you, you look at uh, Chipa, uh, you look at Black Leopards, you look at uh, Pulukwane City, you look at uh, Baroka FC. Yeah. 
you know, all you need is dynamos to come back. And, <laughs> and, and we've uh, got a, uh, an do awesome I mean? foursome. You've got a force there. Mm. So I think Chipa just have to look, you know, further than just, you know, oh, who we want as a coach and, you know, what their lofty ambitions are. Yeah. There's a greater responsibility that they actually have to South African football. Well, you know, and... and I guess for the likes of Free State Stars, Maritzburg United, they're probably thinking to themselves, a chipper United on form is not good news for us because it means we stay right there at the bottom. And I mean, you, you also have to give praise to Amazulu as well. Because yeah. I mean, remember they had that points deduction yeah. early on in the season. And they've, they've made, now come yeah. up and they mm. seem to be, you know, on that um, uh, rise where I think they could avoid uh, relegation or yeah. even a playoff altogether. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, especially because I, th- I think not a lot of people do realize that February is going to come to an end soon, which means yeah. it will be, what, what, three months left of the season or so? Yes, round about that. Yeah, and that still includes uh, the, the, the NetBank Cup as well for the teams that are still involved in there. Uh, but uh, the, the teams that aren't involved anymore, uh, some of them are going to be in action this week in the league. And uh, some really eye-catching Ties that are coming up uh, all out. Wednesday, we've got Super Sports United, Orlando Pirates. That's a big one. That's a big game. Massive. Uh, Saturday, we've got Vitz Sundowns. Just as massive. So, a lot to look forward to this week. But let's start with the Super Sport Pirates game. And I guess, as I've just touched on, both out of the NetBank Cup. So, if you're Pirates, you, you've got, what, just the league to focus on and maybe yeah. the CAF Champions League. If you're Super Sports United, then really nothing stopping you from trying to spoil the, 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 the I guess, the party for Pirates. And I mean, as far as the log standings are concerned, Supersport United are probably one fourth or fifth. They're not too yeah, far. They're off. not too far away. Yeah. I mean, like I said, now that um, continental football is back in the frame in South African football, you know there is excitement for these teams to actually get a place and yeah. you know grab for a uh, CAF uh, Confederation Cup uh, spot. So there is a lot to play for now, which is good for you know our soccer and where mm-hmm. we want it to be. And I look at Supersport United and I think you know they've had um, the bet of Pirates over the last three years, but you know, since uh, uh, Mitchell has taken over, you know, he sort of uh, stopped their momentum, yeah. uh, you know, against the Pirates. And, you know, I was going to say if Pirates lose this game, I think it's over for them for the league. But then the Vitz Sundowns game is yeah. just as important. In yeah. fact, I think the Vitz Sundowns game um, will hold an advantage between those two teams as to who will finish second or first. Because, okay. you know, even if Pirates win, Remember, Sundowns still have a game in hand. Mm. And if they beat Vitz, right, that which means... Which is more than possible. Which is yeah. more than possible. So the showdown that you're looking at will either... if that, And I'm saying that's if Pirates lose. You're looking at Vitz, Sundowns pushing mm. themselves in that 1-2-1-2 one, two, one, two position. But as far you know, I'm a Pirates fan. And I think, you know, the the recent results really haven't given me much confidence. I don't two know. two wins in, in, what, seven in all competitions or you something know, like the, that? the strikers aren't firing yeah. like they used to. And I think Beach is also kind of tinkering with the team a bit too much. I think he's he's struggling to find a consistent team lately. But, you know, I, I still feel Pirates should have enough to beat Supersport because for me, I, I always like using this indicator. If you've beaten some of the big teams comfortably or you've beaten them for a good, consistent period, I'd like to believe that the next big team that you come against should give you the confidence for you to say, listen, we can handle this pressure mm-hmm. and we can, you know, see ourselves through with our talent and our belief. Yeah. So I do think Pirates have an advantage in this game, obviously by league position. And they did well against Supersport in the first go around. Yeah. So why wouldn't Pirates feel, you know, the belief that they can do it again this time? And with the Vitz Sundowns game, wow, you know, I 
I think that to me is possibly, you know, shaping up to be game of the season. Mm. You know, you've got the two teams that are, you know, league champions that took it away from uh, yeah. the, the the other team the season before that, and now they're back in the frame where one of them could either retain or reclaim the the league title. And I think this game could easily be a draw because I I think none of them want to go all out. Mm. And it's going to be interesting with who Sundowns put up in their lineup because remember they're also still trying to balance that CAF competition yeah. and you know they you can see Pizzo saves certain players for certain games and I don't think he will go all out against Vitz because he knows he still has that game in uh, advantage mm. uh, he's got, in he's hand. Got, they've got so they've got what they've got three games in hand on Vitz. Oh, is it three? Oh, two games goodness. in hand on on on, on Pirates. On Pirates, so it's three games in hand. So but I think it's, it's going to be two by the time we get to the weekend because they've actually got Bologna City uh, yes, tomorrow. Mid-mid. So well, on yeah on Tuesday. So I don't think Pizzo is going to come out and, and and put a full strength squad mm. against Vitz. He might do that against Bulukwane City and say, listen, we'll take the points here, but yeah. against Vitz, you know, let's take our chances and then you know save ourselves for continental yeah. football. I mean, again, by the time they do play Vitz, they could be top of the table by goal difference. So they could. It's 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 going to be very interesting because and then that puts much so much pressure on Pirates depending on the result between Bulukwane City and. And, uh, uh, and 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 uh, um, sorry, Mamelodi Sundowns. Because then, if Pirates lose against Super Sport United, and then come the weekend, maybe Sundowns win. Then I, again, I, I I have to agree with you. I think Pirates will, might just be out of the picture because it'll again just it'll be, be a wrap. If Pirates do be not beat Super Sport, yeah, I think you know it, it's literally it's a two horse race from then on. Yeah. Because the other thing you also have to consider is that Pirates also have continental football. So and they don't have a squad as big as Sundowns. Yeah. They can't afford to say, okay, we'll shove you know uh, Anthony Lafour in who only plays once every six games yeah. in the PSL. They don't have those sort of players. Their squad that you see in the PSL is essentially their squad that you see in continental mm. football. So because of that luxury of not having that full squad. You know, they, they can't uh, tinker with the team and they can also not afford an injury to one of their star players. Can you imagine if someone like Lotch or Bule gets, gets injured? injured yeah. You know, then they're done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, before we move on from local football, a, a, a big week for Polokwane City. Uh, they, they're eighth on the standings. They've been up to fourth uh, in recent times. They're eighth on the standings and they've got uh, Sundowns, Sundowns and Chiefs coming up in the next two games. So... Uh, we'll see exactly what uh, Vukusic has in store for us there for the men from Polowane. But Sundowns, very much a big week for them as well because, again, come the end of the weekend, they could be top of the, ta- the table with I, I, I mean, a couple of games. They in could hand. also lose both games. That's, that's very they true They could also well. lose both games. That's very true as well. And so. that would open the title race wide open because then all of a sudden it brings a team like Chiefs back in. That's very true. But it's it's quite interesting because in the top eight, you win one game. If you are six, seven, eight, you win one game, you go up to about third. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like you just said now, Apulukwana City were third at some mm, point. Yeah. And they lost, you know, a game and drew. Mm. And then they found themselves in eighth position. Yeah. So it's really going to be a, a tight title race. But I think this Sundowns Vitz game is going to decide a lot because, yeah. you know, if there's a draw there and Pirates lose, you know, Pirates still have hope. Yeah. But if Pirates win and there's a draw there, yeah. then you've got to and say, okay, like, okay, listen, Vitz, Vitz uh, you know, I think Vitz will fall out of the top two. If that happens. If that happens. I think Vitz will go yeah. to third and yeah. Pirates go to second. So, and Chiefs out of nowhere will come into the titles. And I think they still have Sundowns and Vitz to play, to play. if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, you know, this is wide open. Should the results, you know, pan out in a specific way? Should 
Pirates lose and a draw between Vitz Sundowns, this title race is wide open. I, I feel so sorry for both Pirates and Sundowns in, in, in the sense that it doesn't help that you've got so much focus on CAF Champions League as well because you need to focus on what's happening at home. Yeah. You know, but they're doing pretty well in the, in the CAF Champions League. And by all accounts, should think, you know, things go according to plan, they'll be through to the semi-finals of the CAF Champions League. And they've still got so much football to play uh, back home. So a lot to look forward to if you're a Pirates fan and a Sundowns fan. Uh, this this week, in fact, will be very telling as far as uh, what we will expect from the top three, top four come the end of the season. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion podcast, the podcast for football travelists. Let's go to Europe now. And uh, Champions League round of 16 is back. A lot of talk, a lot of talk, including, I guess, from ourselves about Manchester United PSG. Result-wise, surprise for you, Ola, or uh, probably, probably stuck with the status quo? I must be honest with you, it was a surprise for me because I didn't expect... You know, if somebody said PSG were going to win, I didn't expect a clean sheet, mm. number one. And I didn't expect them to actually turn Man United upside down for a large period of the game. Mm. Because Man United sort of had, you know, their chances early. But I think from about the, just before halftime, from mm. about 30 minutes onwards, Mbappe missed like some guilt-edged chances that mm. you would think, man, you know, a guy with his caliber and his quality. There was one where he tried to go around to Gea and it, it didn't go through. Yeah. There was a shot that also went so wide. Gone, we tried to dink it over. Yes, yeah. that one. And I thought to myself, geez, PSG, actually, we have a game on our hands yeah. here. And, you know, this is hindsight. I'm, I'm speaking on hindsight now. But I really thought they should have started Lukaku in that game. And I'll tell you why. Because when I was looking at it and I'm thinking, uh, Thiago Silva and Kim Pempe, right? Every week, they're coming up against Neymar, they're coming against Cavani and Mbappe and Di Maria. Pace is not going to scare them. Mm. Skill is not going to scare them. Whereas Romelu Lukaku is going to scare them, yeah. right? That's a different uh, uh, animal altogether. So, And I'm sure Thiago Silva still has nightmares with what Lukaku was doing to him in the World Cup. So, you know, if Solskjaer had done his homework, he would have actually seen that, you know what, Lukaku needs to come into this game because the other thing that PSU where they weren't tested was on a physical front mm. and also in the air. Man United went wide so many times hoping to cut in. Yeah, I know Pogba did, you know, cut through a few times. Mm. But I felt that if they had put Lukaku in there, it would have taken focus, you know, left, right and in the middle because you don't want to be beaten out wide and you don't want that cross to come in because Lukaku's in there. So yeah. I think if they had tinkered with those tactics earlier, United probably would have come out with a result. The other thing that I also found interesting as far as PSG goes was that, you know, they didn't seem to hold back at any point. I mean, you would have thought that, you know, they're coming there, there's no Cavani, there's mm. no Neymar, there's no Mounier. You would think that, okay, guys, let's just, you know, take our chances where they may and, you know, leave with a nil-nil draw or maybe if we can yeah. sneak in Sne one. Yeah. But they actually came out for it. They did. They did. And uh, led by Angel Di Maria, who was... Oh, he was, was extremely a fired really up. good time. He, Oof, he, he actually so couldn't. <laughs> imagine if he had actually scored. I mean, he was oh celebrating assists as if he had scored. <laughs> imagine if he really did score. No, he really was fired up for it. And you know what? Kudos to him for his performance. Again, again this is what thing I didn't understand uh, from United. And as a United fan, booing Angel Di Maria as if he 
you know, we just decided to... It, yeah, they sold him. A, what did he exactly. do wrong? And he had a tough time because of one of the nonsense coaches that we've employed, you know, since... So, and in so fact, even when he's spoken about Man United, he's always, you know, praised the club. Exactly. He was always about uh, Louis van Gaal more mm. than, you know, the club itself. And we, we, we also know that we could see it, you know. So I just didn't understand why we, we, we could boo him or we decided to boo him. And it got really intense as well. The other thing I, I also wanted to mention, though, uh, that I... You know, I wish I'd said this earlier, but I didn't want to seem like that idiot that says something and then <laughs> get caught out because, you know, it, it does never come to fruition. But something I did pick up about Solskjaer, you know, in his first few games as a, uh, when he took over at Man United, mm. and I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, you know what, Solskjaer has actually neglected defensive duties uh, for these guys mm. they're all going forward they're all happy going up and you know free-flowing football the goals are coming in but on one or two times if you actually go back on the 11 12 13 games i don't know what the run is now 12 games i think mm. that he's been in charge if you actually go back and look at the chances that the opposition either missed or didn't take mm. simply because the defending was not up to par I mean, I look at the Arsenal game where they were lucky in, in, in certain aspects mm. where Arsenal should have scored. Uh, I look at the Tottenham game. Mm. The defending was not good. Yeah. You know, on another day, Harry Kane should have buried a few of those chances that he had. I look at the Fulham game as well where Fulham, I think the first minute, Fulham should yes. have taken the lead. Yes. And I looked at the PSG game and I'm thinking to myself, how come nobody's tracking back? I mean, I, I saw Matic getting caught with the ball right outside the box. Nothing you and counter-attack before you know Di Maria's gone Mbappe's gone and that trend to me just made me think that you know what maybe Jose was onto something here because if Jose was managing that game mm. I actually think Man United win simply because he would have shut them down and he would have said guys defend 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 because Paul Pogba um, last week just had an allergy to defend he just didn't want to hear it and I think on a few times he was actually caught in fact there was the one ball uh, that went to Mbappe, the one we discussed, where he, he should have dinked it over mm. Gea and tried to shoot it around him. Mm. And if you actually look carefully, it was Paul Pogba who actually was jogging back, didn't put in the yards to stop that run. And I mean, that pass came from 40 meters yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know, surely there should be somebody up on that guy's face to stop that pass. And there should be somebody seeing Mbappe's run to cut out, you know, the run. Mm. But nobody did that. You know what? I'm not defending Jose Mourinho. I'm just saying that. <laughs> can I add? You know, I, I, you know, I hope my wife's not listening. I, I did put <laughs> a little sum of money on United beating PSG, but that's when Mourinho was in charge. Yeah. Because I honestly thought Mourinho was going to come and bore PSG to death mm. and take the one 0 at home and take it to Paris and play more attacking football because he knows that pound for pound we can match you with speed, we can match you with skill, and it's an open game. So. I think Solskjaer after this game will have to go back and start thinking about defending because the guys seem to be so trigger happy, gung ho, and going up. I mean, it's all good to see Pogba, you know, scoring in the six yard box and Martial and so forth, but the guys are not defending and they lost that game because of lack of defense. They lost 2 0. Mm. If they had lost 4 3, I would, you know, you'd argue and say, okay, you know, it was an open game, both teams went for it, but they got, it was a clean sheet at home. And I mean, and Buffon didn't really have anything to do all night. Uh, no, he didn't. Let's be honest. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, and speaking, well, speaking of the attacking areas for United, now it's going to be interesting to see how they go without Martial and without Jesse Lingard, who've been so instrumental in this mm. sort of 
revival of the team. They're going to be out for a couple of weeks. And I guess uh, the, the news, the latest I've, I've, I've read on that is that perhaps they could give United a boost uh, by returning before the, the Liverpool game. Uh, which is this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's this weekend. It's this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be really... Because if, 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 if Solskjaer... I wonder what the, the reaction will be if Solskjaer loses to PSG, loses to Chelsea in the FA Cup, and then loses to Liverpool. Uh, I mean, it's, and, and that is very possible as well. You know, the other interesting thing I think it's going to uh, put Solskjaer in a, in a weird position is that, you know, 11-game unbeaten run, and in three games people could question his ability to lead the team going forward how crazy is that and I think you know give the guy um, a break because Jose Mourinho went through a torrid spell where he had lost to Huddersfield Mm. I think and then uh, you know drew to Arsenal and you know uh, lost to Liverpool uh, drew to Chelsea so yeah. he had a period where even in a in a five game stretch where he didn't win a game I yeah. think there was some stat where United's longest run without winning a game was under Mourinho under Mourinho yeah. I think it was during that period where they drew with Chelsea so you know you've got to give Solskjaer you know a bit of cut him some slack I mean it's not like he was playing um, Bate Borisov you know <laughs> he was playing PSG so hey and look and we all knew we all knew how difficult February was going to be for him uh, because even after Liverpool, guess what happens? They have to travel to Paris. They have to travel to Paris. So it could, so it could very well be four Not a month defeats. of love, February. Yeah, it could <laughs> very well be four defeats in a row footballers. after winning, what, after 11 games unbeaten for, for Solskjaer. And no Pogba again really in the return leg. Yeah. That's a uh, massive, that's massive, true. massive loss. That's very and true. I must say, can I just dig into Pogba a bit? Uh, you know, I, I honestly thought that Pogba, there was a bit of selfishness that grew uh, in that game from mm. him, it like it kept growing, and I think it was simply because he's French, he's mm. playing, you know, the 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 French team that is the the giant, you yeah. know, and it was almost like a Bastille day for him. It, like it probably, he thought, okay, mm. I'm gonna take this French team apart. Me being the French guy, the French yeah. World Cup winner, look at me, give me the ball. There's probably, I'm gonna some, banter. There's probably and, some banter. Exactly, between and him I thought and, to myself that his... there were a few times mm. where I thought Pogba was just a bit too greedy. I, he got away with it that one time when he went past Kimpempe and put in a cross and then mm. nearly scored. But I felt like as the game grew, Pogba tried to do too much. And I think, you know, it culminated in that red mist with him getting the red card mm. because his frustrations grew because he was trying to do too much. Speaking of Kimpembe, should he have still be... Should he... Should, should, should he no red should, card. Should have, should, no red come card. Come on. No really? Look, <laughs> no, no. Let's 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 let's. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Those two I, challenges after his yellow card. I have no sympathy when Man United do not get a decision <laughs> for them at Old Trafford, because trust me, I've lived through the Howard Webb years. Where I've seen United getting no, dodgy calls. Listen, you know listen, that's, that's at home. When I'm thinking to myself, if did, it wasn't for the fact that they're at home, and if it wasn't Man did United, Howard Webb, no did Howard Webb not call. not just was he not terrible to everyone? Because I can remember, no, I can I no. know I can remember some Arsenal calls that were that were. Uh, might not have been Howard Webb, but another another ref. So my point is, as far as refereeing is concerned, yes, a lot of people go on about United getting decisions back in the day. But if you're Chelsea, you have very little to say because the the, the goal that won you the league at Old Trafford when you when you <laughs> won the league by one point over United, that goal that Drogba scored against Van der Sar was miles offside. You know, so if, I, if, I if you're Liverpool, think, you've gotten decisions for you. You know, so, so Pempe, look, he would have been sent off, right? But would should he have, he have been? He sent should off. have been sent. Okay. okay, he should have been sent off. But 
I don't think United would have won that game overwhelmingly mm. either way. I mm. think they probably would have won it 1-0, you know, at max. Because PSG was still organized enough to still deal um, with anything that Man United had, mm. you know, coming at them. So, I don't think the red card changed the game that much. Because even, you know, with 11 men, like this idea that because a team has got 10 men. I mean, look at uh, the Champions League final. In 2006, with uh, Barcelona and uh, Arsenal, mm. right? Arsenal had a man sent off within the first 12 minutes of the game. Barcelona, the mighty Barcelona, with Samuel Eto'o, Ronaldinho, and Co, mm. still took them, I think, like 70 something minutes to break the deadlock. And even so, it was a goalkeeper mistake that yeah. you know Almunia should have saved. So I don't think 10 men automatically guarantees that you know they would have had a result or they would have won. I know the Man United fans are like, oh, he should have been sent off as if like, yeah, that would have given us, you know, a glimmer of hope to win the game. So I don't think it was guaranteed even if he had been sent off. Okay. But he does agree though. No, I do Dear agree. Listeners, I do agree. He should have been sent off. That's that's what I wanted to hear from you. Uh, other, other results that we saw last week in the Champions League, uh, Real Madrid with, I don't know if you can say a good win away at Ajax uh, or, or, or a fortunate win away fortunate. at Ajax because for a, lo- a large period of that game, Ajax just made them look so ordinary. You know, I'm going to answer that question by stretching um, uh, the Ajax discussion further. You know, it's quite... You know, in cricket, if you were to explain to a 10-year-old boy today that the West Indies cricket team went over 10 years without losing a single test match, mm. right? And you look at the crop that they have now, they're like, no way. That's not possible. Mm. This team? And to have to explain to a 12, 15-year-old boy that Ajax Amsterdam was, you know, the hub of football. Like, mm. they were the biggest team. They had the best players. And today, they're just a shadow of themselves. And I think this whole thing of Ajax just, you know, succumbing to the the powers of the so-called elite or the bigger teams in Europe by always selling their players, it's killed a certain chapter in football in terms of the great Ajax sides, the great Dutch sides. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they sold uh, Justin Clivert last season. Uh, they also sold. Um, they've just, they've just, well, I guess sold. Well, um, what's his name to Barcelona now? Well, he's going anywhere. Yeah. But I, I know they sold a few guys last season. Justin Clivert being one of them. And I'm thinking to myself, if Barcelona, if um, Ajax had kept just their core of players in the last three to five years, mm. remember the team that went to the Europa League final? Yeah. Right. Kept a lot of those players, and you mix it in with this generation. Ajax could probably go on and do some, you know, serious damage in the Champions League. But mm. when are Ajax ever going to get back to that level again? Mm. When are they ever going to do that? Because they're so contempt on selling their star players. And, you know, you might think and look at it and say, oh, you know, you always get these um, pictures that will come out and glorify the fact that they were sold, they were bought for two million pounds and, and sold, sold for 80. Yeah. They were bought for three <laughs> freaking dollars and sold for, you know what I mean? As if that is such a great thing in football. Mm. Yeah, it's great business. But I mean, in the context of football, is that how Ajax are going to just, you know, are they going to roll over with that? You know what I mean? Emika, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us eventually. But uh, uh, if you could just if you could just expand if you could just expand or maybe uh, just elaborate on what Kola is talking about with Ajax Amsterdam, uh, what do you think uh, they need to do to get back to their glory days? Um, I think they need to do 
um, what they did in 95, which was bring back one or two. I mean, in, in 95, they also had the same situation where they had like a young team um, that had um, Clivet, uh, Finidi, George, Kanu, Overmars. Um, the only experienced players in that team, I mean, even Van der Sauer, Van der Sauer was 23, so mm. they only, and then uh, Clivet and Kanu, they were 17, 18, and then they had... I think Sedov so, was think, like um, 16, 17 as well. Sedov was, Sedov was, Sedov was 16, and then what, what happened was that the, um, they brought back Frank, Frank, Frank Reichardt from AC Milan, he was in his 30s, and then Danny, Danny Blind was there, so um, they had experience, um, you know, with, with Reichardt marshalling both the midfield and, and defense and then along with uh, with Danny Blin. I mean they had uh, um, a lot of young players, Frank the Bo the Bo the, the, the Bo brothers, both of them were, were in that team. And uh, you know they, they, they were able to, to to win and also get to the finals the following season. So with with Ajax they've got too many young players in that team and they probably need to get um, bring in one or two experienced players, which they can do, um, you know, either on on a free or uh, whatever, but I don't, I don't think Ajax really, really wants to win. I think they they enjoy the fact that they're able to to make a lot of money out of the uh, the player trade, and and that's one of the reasons. Because if you look at that game against against uh, Real Madrid, they were just missing a, a bit of experience. Yeah, uh, especially when when they, they led up to a point, uh, or, or rather they had no, not that they led. I mean they had a, they had a point. Where they had they had even more con they had the game under control. They just yeah, needed someone to to um, to guide them, keep their to keep their head. Uh, yeah, and 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 on the other side of that coin is Real Madrid. And I don't know about you guys, I'm just tired of seeing them getting or getting calls go for them on so many occasions. And it's been a big a big feature of their their recent dominance in in, in the Champions League. On so many occasions, you've just gotten calls and you're just like, on any given day, surely as a ref, you do not make those decisions. And I mean, again, VAR came to the to the, to the the fore for the first time in the Champions League and there was a decision there that I, I don't know if I still agree with VAR as far as, as I think it was, I a, it was a goal that, that I yeah. have scored that should have stood. It didn't. Um, but there's just way too many times in the last four seasons where Real Madrid in in really important games I mean you remember the Mandzukic one I remember the Mandzukic one remember remember uh, against Bayern there was Bayern, one against Bayern um, Arturo Vidal winning yeah. the ball clean red card I, 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 there's just way too many way too many yeah I think I think most times uh, they you know they're, they're, they're a big team they've got big players and mm. sometimes you know, certain certain decisions. It's not just them. It, it happens. There was time Manchester United was always getting that as oh, well. So on, I was trying uh, to tell him that just a few minutes oh, ago. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Arsenal fans will agree with me. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> Look, you know, the other thing that I think um, with uh, you know, I just want to sorry touch back on Ajax um, for me is that you know. European football right now is is going to go through a period where uh, sort of like cricket went through where people got uh, you know are getting tired of Australia winning mm. people are getting tired of India dominating people are getting tired of uh, you know um, the dominance that the Proteas have also had and there's no new emerging team there's mm. nobody to break uh, sort of the, the, the mold that's why there's all this talk of this European Super League garbage because we just don't, and financial fair players tried, you know, to instill a module that's going to keep, yeah. you know, everybody at, uh, at like even keel to yeah. some extent, but that's never going to happen. 
And I look at Ajax Amsterdam and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's one team that in terms of the context of world football, like in the pages of history, need to revive themselves. I mean, Uruguay haven't won a World Cup since, you know, the 50s. And they went through a long period. And, you you know, you'd have to be a football idiot not to discuss international football World Cups without Uruguay. Mm. But when they won the Copa America, then you get Luis Suarez, Forlan is on form, and now you've got Torreira, Cavani. It sort of revived, you know, Uruguayan football mm. and, you know, put them back in the mix. And I think Ajax need that. You know, the world needs Ajax to say, guys... We get it. You've sold the Van der Vaarts, you've sold the Schneiders, you've sold the Christian Eriksons, you've sold the Suarez's, you've sold the Ibrahimovic's. You've you've done it. Well done. You've made a fantastic business module. But that red and white flag is not going to fly in the Champions League semi-final or final mm. for a very long time if they keep this up. So they need to get back to, to, to football They need matches. to get back. They need to at least say, guys, to the younger players and say, look, money is there. You will make money, yeah. right? Trust me, bigger teams will come knocking. You're playing for Ajax, you'll always be contending for the league. But for the sake of our club's history, right? Ajax's history, I think, died in 2003 with that Van der Vaart team mm. that went to the quarterfinals or semifinals, right? I think they, they need, you know, a bit of pride to say, guys, hold on a sec. We're not selling anybody for the next three years mm. because we at least want to have a good run in the Champions League and then we can discuss where players yeah. can be sold. Oh, okay. Fair point. Fair point. And perhaps it's 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 also uh, it would be a good idea for them to strike while the iron is hot in terms of the Netherlands and and their re- resurgence in, in local football. They can actually use that as Ajax Amsterdam and be like, listen, with you know running uh, I guess parallel uh, uh, yeah. with with uh, you know the national team getting back to some sort of significance, we should do the same as well. Now, big week. We've already mentioned Ola. Imika for Manchester United in terms of the games that they're going to be playing. Big week as well, Imika, for Liverpool. Uh, one in the Champions League, the other at Old Trafford at the weekend. Let's start with, with, with the Champions League. A lot of talk coming from Liverpool fans, and I guess maybe rightfully so, is that Bayern are not the force that they were maybe two seasons ago. Where do you stand with that? Uh, I think Bayern will always be Bayern, and you know, just like Real, when they when they get into the Champions League, they know that that they are they are a big team. I think that um, Bayern also knows that they're coming up against Klopp, so yeah. um, it's it's going to be a very difficult game, uh, especially that Liverpool doesn't have uh, Virgil Van Dijk for the for the first leg. Um, however, if if Bayern see that as uh, one of those things to pull very forward, they probably will will, will be best reminded that. Uh, uh, that that front three for Liverpool can can wreak havoc against a- any team, mm. um, despite Liverpool being being sorry, sorry, very, sorry. Which, very which front uh, three? Vulnerable. Which front three? <laughs> you know, you know the front three. Okay, I'm talking uh, about. okay, you can Salah, sell me on on Mane. You can sell me on Salah. Who's the other one? <laughs> Salah, Mane, and. Firmino. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> we had this discussion last week. Firmino is no part of any front three. Firmino needs to raise his goal ratio before we can even discuss He's Liverpool an important part three. of that front three. He's an important no. part. He's the weak link in that front three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Iwika, as far as the game is concerned, you wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool do get a result. In Lego No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I actually think that they're going to get the results in, mm. from that game because... Um, they're going to have to step up their game knowing fully well that they don't have 
the big one is where in, in, in Germany? In Germany. Yeah. Okay. So you think they yes. can go to Germany and, and, and get a result? Or they can rather? Well uh, well, I mean look, I think that they that they will get the results. I and it's not because it's not because of my allegiance to the club. Do I think it's to more surprise, to do with. Surprise. Do not lie to us. <laughs> 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 and then uh, come Saturday, come, no, come Sunday actually, rather. The, the first leg, guys, mm. is uh, at um, Anfield. Oh, the first leg is at Anfield. At Anfield, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. So Liverpool did come second in the group. By I, I think Liverpool, Liverpool will give them the Anfield, the Anfield, Anfield Knights. I, I think give them the Anfield Knights. Oh, yeah, I think the Anfield Knights will probably kick in, and Liverpool could go on to win two one or two nil. But you know, I know this is uh, stretching it further down the road. But I, I honestly think Liverpool, there's something about them, and it stems from that issue that I was discussing about not having a, a, a number nine. I don't think you can go to the Allianz Arena with the, without a number nine and, and, and win there. I just don't think that's possible. So challenge accepted as far as Liverpool is concerned, Dimika? Well, look, I, you can say what, whatever you want. You need to understand that uh, Bayern has five Champions League, same as Liverpool. So um, we seriously even they, even, even they know that they're coming up against a very formidable team. Let's put it this way. The last Champions League they won, they weren't lucky. Boom. But let's, let's move on to... <laughs> <laughs> they won. They won it, and, and since then they've 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 they've, they've gotten to the finals twice. Mm. Okay, uh, and then Sunday, it is Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Liverpool traveling to Old Trafford. That's another game that could, in many ways, put paid to your title challenge. Straight you know off the saying? church, and you're gonna go home to such misery, Amico. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You're wasting your time because you, you need to understand that that before Man United played against. Uh, Against um, uh, PSG, yeah, they were. There was this talk about how they had become almost uh, invincible mm-hmm. under Ole Gunnar, and then PSG put them in the right right place. So uh, it's the perfect setting for them going to the game, the game against Liverpool because they know now that they're. Their, their bubble has been busted. <laughs> I, I've got some good news for you. Can you, you know, for the first time, I think in a very long time, I'm going to be supporting Liverpool like you cannot imagine because that top four spot is crucial. And <laughs> I need Liverpool to beat Man United so that I think Arsenal's next game is Bournemouth at home. And, you know, if Arsenal... Watch the cherries pluck if, you If one. Arsenal win that game and uh, Man United lose and lose big... You know, goal <laughs> difference. Big. You know, goal difference has actually played such a crucial role ever since that six 0 with Man City. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I need Liverpool to really hammer Man United. Although, you know, Man United always know how to pull out that kryptonite against Liverpool. I yeah. mean, especially at Old Trafford. I've seen Liverpool on form. I've seen Man United terrible. And I'm talking LVG. I'm talking Moyes. Mm. I've seen Mourinho. And Man United have not lost against Liverpool mm. in that stretch, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Liverpool yeah, have at beaten... This, yeah. I think that past win uh, at Anfield... Oh, yes, was the first time... Was in, the first time... In a couple know, of seasons. In a couple of seasons, yeah. they've actually beaten Man United. Home or... Well, before that, before that game, people said the same thing. And... Uh, and, and they got beat, so... I, I can't be... I can't, be, I can't really... really um, worry too much yes, yes, here's my perfect scenario for the week before we close United beat Chelsea in the FA Cup 
Liverpool lose to Bayern uh, in leg one of the Champions League. So come into, so going into the weekend, United will have tails up. Liverpool will be, <laughs> will be backs against the wall and we beat them. And that's it for the title challenge. Done. But I think, you know what, if, if this game does pan out to be a draw, right? I think Liverpool can count themselves out the title race. Already? Yeah. I think if Liverpool do not get a win... Uh, look, I'm predicting a Man United win simply because it's at Old Trafford. And I know Mika talks about Anfield Knights, but I mean, I guess Man United have a <laughs> Old Trafford Knights, especially when it comes to Liverpool. Mm. So I, I'm predicting Liverpool loss. But if Liverpool do not get a win, if they don't leave them, I think they're out of the title race. That's mm. it, Ben. It's Man City's to lose. Emika, uh, 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 you have the, the closing word. Uh, Paula says, if you guys do not win at Old Trafford, the title is gone. Well, um, he says if the, the era of us playing draws and and losing games are, are over, we 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 we, we will beat Bayern uh-huh. and we'll beat Man United. Beat Bayern, beat Man United. Okay, we'll see you back on Monday, and you you in fact will be very nice because it'll be the day after you were plucked by Manchester United. Yes, Manchester. yes, absolutely. Please we'll do come to the studio. Please do make sure you are here on time as well, yeah. so we can really get into you. <laughs> Yes, no problem. <laughs> All right, Ivica, thank you very much for joining us and thank you uh, for listening in as well. Uh, Champions League football very much high on the agenda this week, uh, but do look out for that big game uh, during the weekend in the Absa Premiership as well in the Premier League, Manchester United at home to Liverpool. From myself, Loazi Sikubu. Hola, Makwaza. And Emeka Nyadiki, thank you very much. It's goodbye. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football tribalists. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate, or just complain about your favorite team, send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. That's plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag pitch invasion. Remember to follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded.